0: You are now entering Zone 4.
1: Please be seated and prepare to experience the Nerd Aristocracy. Any offenses encountered by today's broadcast will not be the responsibility of the Mars c Consolidated Drilling Corporation or its subsidiaries. Welcome to the Nerd Aristocracy, the, the podcast for all things nerd, available worldwide. At NerdAristocracy.com. now, the leaders of the Nerd Proletariat, your esteemed hosts, Jonathan Bell and Ryan Reineke. Greetings, Proletariat, Jonathan Bell, alongside the illustrious Mr. Ineffable himself, Mr. Ryan Thaddeus Reineke. Hello, Jonathan. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks, all nerds. Uh, It's interesting you say
0: Thaddeus. Um... I did a monologue in my, my college days okay. uh, called Thaddeus Black. Really? Yeah, that this uh, little upstart in the theater department had uh, scribed. Okay. And uh, this scene was uh, a youngish man, his okay. early 20s as I was, okay. was most of us were, because we were in college. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> in a darkened environment, kind of uh, talking about uh, the, the woe he will rend unto the world. And then you find out as he goes on his monologue uh, that he works in a pet store, and he's just furious about his lowly place in the world, and he's just uh, a little bitchy guy, basically. And at one point, uh, he takes a break and, like, yells upstage as though somebody has opened the door. He's like, Mom, I'm not done yet. You know, shut the door. I'm in here. I'm thinking. And uh, it was great, and uh, I was very good. I have to say, I was good. Um, and uh, the writer guy didn't show up to hear the monologue. I don't know if he was like anxious about it or if he was uh, just. I don't lazy. think he agreed
1: with the casting in that particular.
0: Maybe not, because the head of the theater department assigned the casting, so maybe uh, he revolted against that. Right. And it, the monologue was supposed to be like a minute and a half. Okay. And I think it was like five minutes long. Wow. You you took some dramatic pauses. <clears throat> no, it was just written long. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And we never worked together because we were both like convinced that we were geniuses unto our own right. Sure. And so like, hey, you wrote this. That's cool. I trust you. You know, any, any notes for me? Ooh, okay, great. Well, how do you feel about it? Ooh, you know, I'll, I'll do it. As is, but uh, it was Thaddeus Black. I thought it was like a really cool name, you know, and I thought there was some uh, apocryphal kind of reference, and I tried looking for it in the Bible and shit, but there was nothing there. It's just this kid pulled it out from somewhere. I wonder where he is today. Um, I don't know. Probably not as half successful as I (laughs) am.
1: (laughs) Probably not doing his own podcast.
0: That's it. Tell you that.
1: That is it. Uh, We we have no confirmation that he is a member of the, Proletariat. Yeah. So he garners no respect in the eyes of the aristocracy. No, he's not
0: welcome to the kingdom yes. until he bends the knee, as George R. R. Martin puts it. That's true. Mm-hmm. So uh, what you been up to lately? Reading a lot of George R. R. Martin. What have you now?
1: I never would have guessed.
0: I can't stop. I can't stop, Jonathan. It's I've gone it's on it's... from book three. Okay. And the last one I was like, I'll just read the the season that's about to happen. There's no, no. harm in that. Reddit was like, ah, oh, that other one's just a download away.
1: I just want to know where you find the time to read these books. Because I don't have the time to read Jack.
0: I, I read it and what I used to do is like, okay, I got to eat something. I got to heat something up. That's going to take like 20, 30 minutes of eating. I'll, I'll watch uh, some Netflix. Right. I'll, I'll now sit down and just tear through a chapter of a book. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a point that I do it. Another point I do it is... And those are
1: those things with words and them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have my Kindle here. Yeah, I got the black and white Kindle. Yeah. Okay. Simple. See, I
1: almost said those are those things with pages that you turn, and that would... Pages. To which you would have responded, no, no, it's not what a book is. Book, right. Yes. No, this is a book. No, that is not a book. This is a but book. We we won't argue this point because I know we have two very uh, differing opinions as to what constitutes the reading of a book. Right.
0: Okay. Well, yes. I'm reading the book on here. Uh, well, right. You're, you're, I charge you're, once every two months. You're
1: maybe. looking at the words on a screen of mm-hmm. this book.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On this page of,
1: of this of this tale mm-hmm. that George yeah. R R. Martin at one point spun. Yes.
0: And then I read it at night. Okay. And I'll go to bed and I'll probably read for about an hour in bed before I go to sleep. Okay. And uh, I've become very good. You know, it's just like... uh, At reading? Anything you do. At reading. I read good. Um, You know, like you uh, say you do a sport. uh, You become more proficient and faster at doing it. Right. Masturbating, you become more efficient uh, and faster at doing it. Um, that has
1: been my experience, yes.
0: Yes, when you have uh, sex with a woman, you get more proficient and, and faster. Actually. That has
1: not been my experience. No.
0: <laughs> That's weird. I look at my notes. Uh, but it's, good. it's just addictive. It's great. I mean, the characters are awesome. I want to just spill all kinds of spoily nuggets. Yes. But I despise those kind of people. But so you I
1: appreciate want. your life because you do see that I have a, uh, a uniball <coughs> pen in my hand that mm-hmm. would quickly be a uniball. Ryan's throat. <laughs> I actually
0: respect the art of non spoilage more yes. than my life. It is like a, a Jedi honor or something like that. Right. I, yeah. I just will tell you there's a lot, there's lots of raping.
1: Lots of okay, raping. lots of raping.
0: There's a lot that of raping out. in these good old days with George R.R. R. Martin. It's just like commonplace. Like, oh, well, the farmer knew that his wife was going to get raped, so he just looked at the ground. And it's just like, okay, well, this is probably the eighth time she's been raped on the King's Road right. this month. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Good stuff. Can't wait. We're coming up season.
1: A uh, couple more days, huh? Yes, March 31st, which is, 31. in case you were wondering, which is this <laughs> Sunday. No. Yes. So soon. Yes. Wow. Good. I just put it on my mind. I never going to happen. That's no, awesome. It's coming coming around the mountain when she comes. You, you must, or when she's raped. Whichever. Uh,
0: you, sometimes they're asking cry. for it, so there might be a bit of both.
1: Yes, if you're a Republican. <laughs> you, you must come over to my
0: house and watch at least the last two episodes of the previous season. I would love to. Excellent. That sounds like a wonderful plan. Let's do this. When's okay. a good day for you?
1: Um... And really Saturday? Put the on. Saturday is good. Okay, Saturday is good. Okay. I like Saturday. Ooh, this Saturday. Ooh, yeah. No, no, next Saturday.
0: Next Saturday, next uh, sat- after the premiere. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> next Saturday would be great. I would okay, like to good. watch Let's put a the pin beginning.
1: In there. Of, of, well, the reason why season, I say
0: Saturday is because I was reminded there's another roller derby game coming up. And while we have moved out of being announcers, that is
1: actually on my list of things to really? talk to you in this episode about. Okay, have, we'll talk it. I have no roller derby written down, right? Which is to say, how are you dealing and how is the familial <laughs> structure handling, um, or coping with lots of the lack of Mr. Ineffable in Buffalo Bell?
0: Lots of oh god why don't we have you anymore? Right. Yeah. And, and like, what can we do to get you? And I've mentioned before, like, well, you know, paying us money would right. certainly help. Sure. But, hey, you know, we're busy. Uh, things like that. Um, they've had stand-in announcers that have come from like other games and stuff that are a little more dry and prickish, but I mean, they're, I guess more, they're more derby nerds, you know? And there was this one guy that was like asking my wife, like, so why'd your husband quit announcing? She was like, well, uh, you know, he's got other things to do, and yeah, but he's he's good at it, and, and like the team likes him and stuff. Yeah, well, he's just not into it. What What do you mean? Well, he's like a professionally trained sag actor, and it doesn't give him any joy, or not enough to really
1: bother him. Yeah, I think that was the difference. Was coming, and, and you know, you and I aren't. Frickin, you know. No, not to sound like famous celebrities. Toity, toity. Yeah. High written, You know. BJers. Whatever. But we... Somebody who has never been in any sort of entertainment spotlight before. If all you've ever done is work at Radio Shack, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. an admirable position. But to be... To then be a roller derby announcer and get in front of Two hundred people, twice a month, mm-hmm. is really thrilling oh, and, yeah. and and gets the blood flowing and just is 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 everything you ever hoped and dreamed of stardom. Well put. But having come from that entertainment show business background, right? There's not. It, it doesn't really. Get our blood flowing quite the way it does. We're
0: kind of so calloused to it somewhat. That's
1: correct. This is like maybe
0: what JAMO was for us back in the day. Like, here's this great outlet. People are paying attention to me. I'm part of this thing that's better than myself. It is good and it's great, but we've just, you know, little too big fish, I guess, moved on uh, from that being such a satisfying experience.
1: Yeah, I think it started as like... For you, as a favor and a stopgap. And for me. It started as a favor and a stopgap. It started <laughs> as a favor and a stopgap, but also a way. Meal, but also a way to hang out with you because yeah. we both had very busy lives. And if we could forcibly <laughs> make a plan to hang out these six days a year, then, you know, that yeah. was fine and dandy and I would be more than happy to do it. But it's not something that we have circled on our calendar and look forward to for three months, like the Derby players or Mm -hmm. like that guy from Radio Shack. Right. And if you are a Derby announcer and you worked at Radio Shack at one point, (laughs) I'm sorry, I have no clue. I am not speaking directly about you. But you are awesome. I tried to think of everything you do matters very.
0: Yeah, abstract Abstract joke jump. Uh, Yeah, last time I went up there, I went about halfway through the game, uh, and I took a couple of pictures uh, with my camera. Right. And then I just left, and that was kind of awesome. And and I I just – what would help me if they can't pay me cash is if they put 500 people in there. And then you you have this from live performance, certainly that that kind of synergy you get from an audience throwing their attention at you. You know, right? I think there's you know there's almost something uh, primordial in that. I mean, that's its own form of currency is that attention and that that focus that they're giving to you. I mean, that's why people are priests and politicians and celebrities because they they feed off of that that attention. You know,
1: that right, direction. but also I mean I think the fact that it was a deviation from the standard performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, if you do a stage show, people are coming to see you. Mm-hmm. If I go do a stand-up show, people are paying their money to see me. Oh, that's jokes. even more potent, yes. you know. But this is you're an accoutrement, kind of like an afterthought. Right, Like people are like, oh, I didn't know there'd be two jackasses here telling us what's going on and trying right. to make us laugh five or six times during the course of the game. Like, you know, that's kind of what it is. And we wouldn't, we, we even sh- did things that weren't required, but just because we know how to produce events, mm-hmm. you know, like the shouting out of the sponsors, yeah. You know, that doesn't have to be done.
0: Setting up of the sound, instructing the girl when to skip to a new song, stuff like that. Right. You know, don't let dead music happen. If somebody goes down on <clears> the <throat> court, don't stop the music. Yeah, those are
1: production elements that we know because we've had experience <clears throat> in that. But like you say, when you're not getting paid as a producer and you're not really, regardless of payment, you're not seeing any of the... Yeah,
0: you're not enjoying it on the base reptile level of like, right. ooh, my ego, which is important. I mean, you know, the well, like yeah. set it has I mean, its own currency.
1: You know, that if you're not being paid, that ego boost is one reason are you to being do made? It.
0: Yeah, are you being made happy enough to make it worth your while? Right. And essentially no, some game not, which is why, you know, we step back. Uh me primarily and my wife is getting into nursing school, so I was like, well, let me draw myself from it, I mean, I'll still support her when she wants to go practice, but I don't want to be like, yeah, do everything else secondary to this thing. Right. Um, but, but that being said, do you want to announce that a game coming up? Maybe yeah. you don't know. All right, because they're playing New Orleans. New Orleans is going to bring a lot of people. Um, they've. I just me.
1: don't. Want, yeah, I just don't want it to be like <clears throat> a. So next time, huh? Blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. Like yeah. each time they don't have one of the road guys coming in and be like, Hey, what, what do you say? Why don't you come? You know? Right.
0: I don't know if they're bringing their announcer or not. And right. So I was like, well, can Jonathan come. And Melissa's like, well, I don't know if they're bringing their guy. I said, okay, if they're not and he wants to come, can he come? Said, yeah, of course. So yeah. putting that out there, I'll find out if he's coming or not. Uh, if he's not, you he would like to, you know, suffer with me. That'd be nice. Yeah,
1: I remember seeing if it's the same guy seeing him yeah. announcing.
0: Oh no, I don't think it's that coked up little monkey yeah. guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was the antithesis of all that you and I are because being... and will <clears throat> ever dream of wanting to be.
0: Well, it is not, you know, the thing that's going on, the thing that's going on is roller derby. The announcer is just as an integral part as like a referee or the person, you know, that is making sure the game goes on and goes smoothly and the audience feels, is linked into it. It's kind of the Greek chorus to the events there. It can be done very poorly and it can be done very well. I think we did a fairly good job. Um, I don't know the ins and outs and all the P's and Q's of roller derby because, well, I didn't really care enough to
1: minimize. No, see, and that was the difference. There's our, our job was, in my opinion, was to accentuate mm-hmm. what was going on on the floor, to add a little spice to and to define... To the vast unwashed, mm-hmm. what was transpiring yeah. on translation the track coloring. A lot of announcers I've seen are either monotone, and I guess they feel their job is to put the audience to sleep. And a low slide. doing their best Paul there, Harvey Good Day impression, like it's a golf tournament, or right? Time. Or they feel like, okay, everyone in here needs to be looking at me for the next two and a half hours. Right. And that's a good point. I thought we walked a very nice line of, hey, we're here to tell you what's going on and to interject a little life and the dull parts, but you didn't come here to see us, so we're not going to force that upon you. You came here to see Roller Derby girls play Roller Derby, and we are here to facilitate that experience. Well put. Well played. So I have an audition on Thursday. No. I don't remember what those are, but I was called by my agent. Is that a car? Like the Mazda audition? I, I think so. No, it's actually Hyundai. Hyundai audition. audition. Yeah. I believe. All right. But... Um, <clears throat> Good gas mileage. I was called and told I have one of those on Thursday. Wow. So whatever those are. Congratulations. I'm supposed to be going to <laughs> one of those.
0: Do you know anything about it?
1: Um, I do not know anything about the role that I'm being sent out for. I it's probably as like tree. Or Number two. Guy in. Tree. Back of tree. Right. Um, <laughs> the back. Yes. But uh apparently it's for the Louisiana Tourism Board and it's, it's a sad national, but this is this is this is my concern. The headshot I'm using now mm-hmm. or that is on file at whomever is representing me <laughs> at this time um is five years old at the current <clears throat> time. Yeah. And there's a big things? difference from how I looked at 26 years old, living in L.A., mm-hmm. doing comedy full-time, and how I look currently at 31 years of age selling real estate in Gulfport, Mississippi. For instance, used to be Chicano. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It that helps in California. And Haitian. But, um... Mm-hmm. yes. Uh... So I'm interested to see watch their faces yes. fall as you if, walk in the audition. If room. when I walk into this audition, Who's this old man <laughs> beaten by life, they reported they repeatedly look back and forth between me and my um, headshot. I think we got and wonder here. and then tell me they actually called my son Jonathan into oh. the audition. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but so that should be interesting. Should well, be. good luck to you. Yes. Um, uh fortunate
0: that you know two days in advance you have an audition. That's cool. That's rare. Um poo poo for not knowing what it is, because now you're just like, okay. I might as well not know because I can't do any prep work on it. But sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes I think I think too much before I go to right. an audition. Well,
1: I mean, you and I would like to think that any of the auditions we went on required prep work. But that's true. I <laughs> I, I think I've been to one audition in five years that has required uh that 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 it would have actually been beneficial to have had a few days. Right. Normally it's okay, you're the gas station clerk and you say that'll be five twenty two and go. And you're like, um that'll be five twenty two. And they say, hmm. More, more more intense, more, more, more lively, and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm a gas station clerk, right? (laughs) Have have you ever met a gas station clerk? Since when? Yeah, but but this one's lively. Yes. Uh, What what gas station clerk have you ever met has been like, uh, five dollars and twenty two cents?
0: That's good. That's good. Let's put in a little bit of uh, Matthew Broderick in there, though. Go. $5.22?
1: $5.22? Oh.
0: Okay, now uh, meld that with little Jessica Tandy in there. We like where you're going. Keep the energy up, but Jessica Tandy ish.
1: Um, $5.22. That's
0: good. You see how I in? Kid does movement. I'm trained. Yeah. I'd
1: right. right. still like to see what his
0: son does. <laughs> <for> his <body. laughs> Mr. Bill, do you not even like you, but younger. <laughs>
1: We were we were thinking you minus forty pounds and with more hair and
0: go. <laughs> but your skill
1: set's phenomenal. He can do this. He can do this.
0: Okay. Oh. Uh, uh, well, good luck to you, sir. May you break you. the proverbial leg. Yes. Yes. I will do what I can. Sag National. That's, that's some good uh, some good coinage. Assuming so you don't get cut out of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is want to happen. Which
1: is very want to happen. Yeah. If you look back over the. Film and television career one Jonathan Watts Bell.
0: Hey, me too, you know. Um, I was
1: carved out of that goddamn Visa
0: commercial, and they were convinced I looked like a homosexual.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. whatever line I thought I had in Jonah Hex is now on. Uh, I have yet to the see the back of, of your head.
0: We have that movie, though. I recently got it from a peer, and um, me
1: and the missus are going to watch it to see the back of your head. Well, I mean, you can't see the front of my head for a, oh, yeah? a, a, a split second. That's good. Um, but you get a nice long pan shot of the back of my neck. Oh, yeah. So that, I've seen that. That's where lot. I really earned my coin. I know. I know. Was was staring off into the distance.
0: To keep it still and like focused yes. in one direction. Yes. I've seen the back of your neck a lot of times. It's really yeah, nice.
1: you have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Up Give course. it a slow pan.
0: <laughs> that's not what I call it um good deal um so what else do you got okay i want you to interpret a dream i had please interpret When well, do uh, you interpret oh
1: i'm ready right. to interpret
0: i had I'm a interpreting dream interpreting
1: machine
0: that i was at a gas station and i was trying to get some cigarettes and i was looking for american spirit cigarettes but my throat was sore and i didn't think i should smoke but I, i'm addicted and I got a phone call, and it was my teacher asking me where I was. And then I instantly remember Okay, right, let's go back.
1: What was the, the, the environment you were in again? A
0: uh, gas station. Okay. Like that, yeah. Gas
1: station. You were in a gas station. <clears throat> you were trying to buy cigarettes. You were trying okay. to buy American Spirits. Your throat hurt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your teacher calls you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: My high school teacher. High school teacher. Something like that, yeah. High school was
1: it present day you were in the gas station? Oh, or was it like about, a Game of Thrones this,
0: indefinable yeah, time Yeah, this period? amorphous time in my okay. life. You know, the facts that they presented themselves defined the reality. Sure. So, oh, reality I got... Reality
1: is based on the gas station in which it is perceived. Precisely.
0: And the exuberance of the gas gas
1: station attendant. Yes. Uh,
0: I got a call, ergo I had a phone. I answered the phone. It was a teacher of mine, therefore I was a student.
1: Now, was this a banana phone or was this an actual cell phone?
0: This is an actual cell phone, but an older phone I used to have when I was going to UNO was a Sprint model, like clamshell flip cheap phone. Got it. Okay. Uh, And it was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, was your high school teacher? Was my high school teacher. Wow. I had forgotten that I was supposed to go. and and meet him and i said okay give me 15 minutes i'll I'll be there and he's like well i won't be there i was like oh oh my god i
1: failed so mgtfu yeah totally
0: he was kind of cool about it in his his paced manner but then he did say well i'll be at the lab later if you want to come by and help And, and that was like a really big honor like sure. wow like what yeah. am i gonna do there like file the stuff or like look into now telescopes? did he
1: was he teaching at ocean springs high school or the school was undefined okay undefined school, was undefined
0: school and uh the conversation ended and i don't remember if i got my cigarettes or not but i do then remember being timid in going to the lab okay. because i thought i would fail I thought I would fail in whatever I would try in, to provide your, for you across Tyson. Right. To and so, and so, yeah, I thought, better not to try at all. Okay. And it seemed very gravitous and kind of like about my entire day.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was kind of one of those where you stare at the coffee mug for about ten minutes in the morning. Drooling over that repacked Paul Mall. Right. Right looking at your life as it swirls around in the coffee foam.
1: So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to uh, take a cigarette break. Okay. okay. Uh, let this one sink in. Okay. Mull it over a little okay. bit. Okay. And then I think we'll be back on the other side okay. of the break to okay. uh, discuss the, the psychological ramifications of this night visit.
0: And that, folks, is what you call a cliffhanger.
1: You are now listening to Jonathan and Ryan, Jonathan and Ryan and Ryan and Ryan and Ryan and we are and back Ryan for the Ryan. second segment. Yes, Ryan. indeed. So your dream. Yes, Dr. Bell. Um, I think what this means mm-hmm. is that someone in your life is looking for assistance and something else is impeding your ability to fully to give them your full attention but subliminally you don't really want to give them assistance so your subconscious is trying to find other things to occupy your mind so you do not have to confront the situation in which your assistance is being um, asked. Does Uh, that make any sense?
0: Yeah, I think you just explained every intrapersonal relationship I've ever had. I'm like, yeah, there's my kid. Oh, there's my wife. Oh, there's most of my friends. And there's my family. Yes. Uh yeah yeah um hmm. specifically uh... yeah I gotta chew that one over yeah because you know I, I don't want to have to you know teach my kid her homework because she should be doing that at school you know um I I don't want to help my wife because she should be able to do things on her own um I just want to like lay around and eat fried chicken and yes. jack off yes and the world is just stopping
1: me from doing that that's true. But I think, how I came to that is, I think, <clears throat> in this dream, Neil deGrasse Tyson represents someone coming to you for your assistance. hmm The fact that you are in a convenience store means mm-hmm. you are arm's length away from this person wanting your assistance. Mm-hmm. The fact that you are buying cigarettes means you are occupying your mind with another task. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you kind of sort of blow him off in the I'll be there when I can, I'll be there later Mm -hmm. Um, situation means that you are um, trying to find a way to get around. Especially the fact that he won't be there when you get there, I think is, is a telltale sign that it is representative of a situation in which... You say, "Oh yeah, I'll help you out," uh, and then you think of a time when you know it is inconvenient for them, for your assistance to be provided. When do you have that root canal? Yeah. So they say. I, I don't know because I,
0: I in the dream I really remember wanting to go to his lab because I thought it was uh, prestigious. I thought was, I knew it was an honor, but at the same time, the overriding thing was uh, my fear of failure. My right. fear that if I went there and tried to assist, I would just fuck everything up. Right, and uh, I, I, I have that thread going through a lot of my life. Although I accomplish many things, but still I have that that nugget of self doubt. Yes,
1: yeah. but none of any any value. Nothing you've ever accomplished. Oh those no, men lasting. No <laughs> substantial worth. Not at all. <laughs> uh... So, uh, had an interesting conversation <clears throat> with the significant other last night. Well,
0: yes, you alluded to this prior. Go, pray.
1: Um. It was discussed, mm-hmm. um. threesome. No. That, uh. Up until this point, we have talked about kids. <clears throat> oh. We've talked about the possibility of kids. Wow. If one of us wants kids, if the other one, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as people in serious relationships prior to marriage, mm-hmm. when they are 30 years old, looking ahead. tend to do. Um, up until last night, it was all kind of ambiguous mm-hmm. it was all kind of oh we'll cross that bridge when we get there sort of a scenario well you know we're talking about moving in together talking about taking the next step in our relationship you know we're not getting any younger mm-hmm. life isn't getting any easier mm-hmm. this whole supporting two households mm-hmm. and one relationship is very difficult and not very um Tenable. Uh, worthwhile mm. um one of us is always driving to the other's house you know the round mm. trip takes an hour at least out of the time we could be spending with one another etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. beating around the bush well last night um she informs me that she's given it a lot of thought and she does not want to have uh any more children okay as you know, she already has a daughter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, she just does not want to start that journey over again. Mm-hmm. I've, I guess I've always thought at some point I would be a parent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Up until this point, it has never been a great time to be a parent. Mm-hmm. I do not see any time in the very near future it would be a great time to become a parent. Um. But I was a little more taken aback than I thought I would have been. Right. Just because removing such a significant option off the table entirely kind of Struck a weird chord in me. Mm. Like. As I said. There hasn't been a point up until. This time. That I've been comfortable. Or wanted to. Become a father. Mm. I can't see a time in the near future. When I would say. Hey let's get pregnant. (laughs) But. I guess I was always comforted. By the fact that at some point. If I wanted to...
0: That was still a possible yes, thing. If
1: yeah. It was always still on the table. Mm-hmm. It was something that if and when it did become a viable option personally, professionally, financially, then it could be addressed at that point. But last night we had a long talk and she kind of said, I will go ahead and remove this option off the table. So, I'm just letting you know it's not really on my radar. So, I don't really know. I'm not looking at talking about any specific element of it. I'm not mm-hmm. looking for advice or anything. It was just weird that... Yeah, it, it That's it, a heavy thing. It, yeah, it struck a chord yeah. in me that I... A Typically, cord, A chord that had never been played before, so to speak. Right.
0: And a younger Jonathan might be like, Woo, lucky dog. He doesn't have to worry about any babies. But the more mature you is like, Oh, really? Boy, that seems so final. Like, hmm. Yeah. Now that I can't have it, maybe I think I know what I wanted to do.
1: And that's the thing is like, I was never vehemently opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I just was mature and smart enough to know, hey, now ain't a good time. Right. You know. Still busy fucking up myself. Exactly. I'm still unable to successfully take care of myself. Uh, When
0: you were discussing last night, did she see your mm, taken aback, confusedness? most definitely. Wow, okay. And what was her response to that? Tough titty, or like, oh, I made my decision. or like, No,
1: she was, I think she was very surprised that it affected me the way that it did. I think that she...
0: No job.
1: No. It's like, oh,
0: he's tender, feeling man. That's good. It's good, because it shows the depth of your commitment, obviously, that that's something that would bother you. That means... To her, I'm not saying it's some weird fucked up woman test she was throwing your way, right? But to her, it's like, oh, here's this guy. I said, oh, here's a get out of jail free card, and you're like, oh, well, maybe I I I wouldn't consider it jail. And then for her being like, oh, that's not a response I anticipated, right? Like, but see, that's the weird
1: thing because you know my significant other pretty well, and you know she's not that <clears throat> type of of woman. She's as I think is the same in your relationship, mm-hmm. the woman is more of the atypical male, and right. we are more of right. the sensitive yeah. female, if so yeah. to speak. minus
0: the, the genitalia association. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the emotions are somewhat reversed sometimes. Right. Uh, I'll say that maybe it wasn't conscious, but maybe she was saying something that she thought might make you more comfortable Perhaps. I mean, that's more likely than trying to manipulate you into saying, like, oh, how's he going to react? And then when she saw you react that way, uh, what did she then say? Like, oh, well, she was surprised, you said.
1: Right. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, she was just kind of like, I didn't think you would respond that way. You know, because I guess I wasn't like the claws didn't come out and I didn't start weeping. You know, I guess I was just kind of staring off into the distance. Yeah. yeah, And she could tell that the wheels were turning, but I wasn't verbalizing what was going on in my head. Mm -hmm. So she was just kind of like, I didn't expect you to get so introspective on me when, you know, it kind of turned into this whole big, important conversation yeah, and then, you know, yeah, very heavy. And I think she just expected it to be like, Oh, by the way, you know, I'm not really thinking I, I want kids. I just, you know, I know we've been talking about it and we've been up in there. either way, you know, do we want to have kids? Do we not? You know, and I just, I've been thinking and it's, you know, just not something I think I want to do.
0: All right, cool. Let's watch seven.
1: Right. right. But, you know, for me, it, it, I guess it, you know, hmm. registered on a deeper level and and Well,
0: <clears throat> either way, uh it cuts good for you because your you know, your your true emotions and as I said, your your willingness to commit for that concept to you know, to want to keep that concept on the table even right. bodes well for any strength of a relationship. Um and maybe your reaction might affect the way she perceives the issue too. Right. Yeah. Play it by ear. I think moving in together is great. You guys uh, love each other a whole fuck of a lot. And, you know, yeah, the redundancy of two places uh, in this economy and, you know, this lifestyle. Why? Yes.
1: So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Well, word.
0: I know we've talked uh, about kids before, uh, gay adopting, you and I. Yes. No, uh, me and my wife, like another one, because our first one was... uh, my proposal to her uh, knocking her up Uh, and then another one was like oh should we plan one you know get like a boy so we got like a girl and a boy Mm -hmm. and like I like the idea but at the same time I also like the idea of not having to go through that again so I can understand where a previous parent would come from uh, in that regard but there are some times where you know I'll be out somewhere and I'll I'll see a little toe-headed boy with with dark chocolate brown eyes and (laughs) think would his mother miss him? Uh and like, oh that could be me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh like, oh there's a little me running around. That's
1: awesome. You're
0: yeah. gonna teach you to be a smart ass and all these great things. Sure. I and mean, I'm doing that with my kid right now, but you know, she's she's a, a girl. She'll yeah. be a, a woman and love her deeply and uh in love with her and just like oh when she goes uh like I a yeah, kid for me is kind of like if you had an extra nut sack that was just as indefensible and prone to to damage but could go out in the world and yes. you wouldn't know where that nutsack of yours would be but if it got hurt it would mean the end of your life right my child is my second <laughs> nutsack is what i'm saying it's a beautiful beautiful thank you poetic and i don't know if i can suffer a third sack uh right. running around there um And just the, you know, financial logistics and and stuff like that. Of course, my wife's going to nursing school, so we'll be a little more comfortable as time goes, and uh, I have a pact with myself once she's gainfully employed and not having to study for 12 hours a day that I will enter that realm of going for the Hyundai edition, uh, like yourself, Uh, definitely more tenacious than I am now, which is not at all, and then perhaps all kinds of things could change. I myself, such reassuring little lies. Um... So, yeah, even myself, I'm still up in the air. Like if My wife was like, pregnant. I would be like, uh, I don't know what I would Right. I'd probably be you know, angry and drunk a lot. <laughs> 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 kind of like the first time. I was about to say,
1: <laughs> <laughs> strangely <laughs> reminiscent yeah. of the first go around. I've been
0: here before. <sighs> uh, nothing better than mama's titty milk, though. I can tell you that. I can't believe I just said that. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Although, my mom's finding it kind of weird these days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom!
1: <laughs> Time for a reset. Open the tap, bitch! But, hey, uh, it's good for Game of Thrones, right? That's true. So, uh, what are you nerding on, my friend?
0: Well, uh, let's see, of course... Uh, Nerding on, uh, I recently got a brand new MacBook Pro. You see this? I see that. It looks exactly like the last one. It does. So you would not be able to tell any difference. I can't. Um, I took out the DVD drive in here, and I put in a solid-state drive, an SSD from OWC, Otherworld Computing. MacSales.com, not a sponsor of this show. Uh, They specialize in all kinds of aftermarket Mac stuff, so I know their parts are good. I uh, got a solid-state drive, popped that in there. got my operating system and all my programs on it. So when I click on something, it opens super-duper fast. A solid-state drive is kind of like a USB drive. There's okay. no moving parts. Right. In your typical hard drive, you have platters spinning like a record, right? It's a little magnetic head that reads the information. Yes. Solid-state drive, solid-state. There's no moving parts. Um, less information you can pack on there, but faster you can access it. So what I did is I have the, so- the solid-state drive in there where the DVD drive used to be. But I still got the original drive that came with the computer that stores all my data. So the larger, slower drive has all my files, my information. My faster drive has all my processing-dependent stuff the programs. Uh, it's wicked fast. It's about three times more powerful of a computer than the one I eBayed. And I got it through a very uh, special deal uh, for... Uh, uh, obscene amount of money. And I was mm-hmm. able to use the difference... Obscenely low. Excenely low, yes, thank you. Because uh, MacBook Pro 17-inch, quite pricey. Right. <clears throat> Unless you have the connects, like I sometimes do. And um, use the difference of the money to get me a little uh, network-attached storage uh, from Synology, a DS212J. Uh, it's a two-bay storage device that plugs into your network. You plug it into your router, and then... Any computer on your network can see the files on there. And on there, I have a 1-terabyte hard drive and a 2-terabyte hard drive. On the 2-terabyte hard drive, I'm having all my machines back up every hour automatically on the hour to that. Yes, it's very nice. And on the other drive, the 1-terabyte, I have about a mishmash of 200 movies and TV shows uh, that I can call upon on any computer on my network and my PlayStation 3. Which is pretty tight. Um, happy for that. That's what I'm nerding out on. I'm still getting my head around all the possibilities. That yeah, that's pretty wild
1: and crazy. Kids.
0: It is. It's it's like going into wild the geekdom, and crazy
1: kid, the, the geekdom realm. Yes, the the seven seven nations, seven worlds. What do they call it on on the GOT? The seven realms. The Game of Thrones. Yeah. What do they call the, the world? The, they call it the Seven Kingdoms or the Seven Westeros,
0: Nations? Um
1: Yeah, but what do they call them?
0: Yeah, the Seven Kingdoms.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's what I
0: thought. Seven I haven't nation. been reading the books. I don't <laughs> I'm just <laughs> focusing on the radio. Reading going on. books, my ass. <laughs> and you, sir. What do you note on it?
1: I've um, been, uh, been still nerding on some OCD things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you see in the uh, Nerd Aristocracy headquarters, yep. there's a lot of sorting that has been taking place. I've been uh, going through, I've had a cardboard box that I've been carrying around to every apartment I, and house I've lived in since I lived in Los Angeles. And Did every, the new tenants find that unsettling? Yes, but every time I, there's something like a I I buy a computer mm-hmm. and the manual. Oh, I, you know I just throw it in this box because I know I need to save it, but I've been too lazy to get out the files and the label machine and make a label and put it on the file and stick the thing and the thing and alphabetize it and the filing. Wow! I just throw it in the cardboard box. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Well, that cardboard box began to grow, and over a five- or six-year span, I could not tell you what was in it. All I knew was I was carrying it around from state to state. And half of it you probably no longer possessed. That's true. Right. So, over the last couple of weeks, I've sat down and said, hey, this has been on my to-do list for four years. I'm going to sit down and file everything and make a nice file and put all the loose papers in each file and get this under control. So, I've been doing that. Uh, Also, still working on taxes. I've got three years of taxes to do in case anyone at the IRS is uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, It's coming, boys. It's coming. No money's coming with it, but I'm filing like a motherfucker. He is. And... um, Then just working on stand up when I can. Cool. Still trying to pound this new album out, but uh, it's slow and steady wins the race. Word. Measure twice,
0: joke once. Yes. Uh, Speaking of taxes, reminded me of of, uh, something I did just today. Uh, I filed homestead exemption tax. Uh, I don't really understand even now that I've done it what it is. Uh, Just know that it will save me money. That's true. Uh, So I went down to the courts. Courthouse like this, okay. I was walking, bobbing that's my head. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I'm pumping my hands, and went in there and just ah, oh, the, the overriding just like spirit crushing bureaucracy. Yes. Oh, I I I feel so bad for those people that work in those cubicles all day. You go into one office and there's no radio playing, and there's just like this going like a fan. You can just kind of hear that's fucked up in the ceiling somewhere. And, and the people there are like assholes. <laughs> like it has just ground their spirit into so much just fucking dust that they can't even give you like a social nicety. They they don't even want to play the badminton of like, hey, how you doing? I've never done this before. I uh, hope I really mm-hmm. own my house. Yuck, yuck, yuck. It's just like, nah, uh-huh. click, crack, click. And then they get the obligatory smattering of photos on their little cubicle wall. Their fucking kids smiling on the beach and shit. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't know if I want to shoot them in the face or, like, break down their desk and, like, run them outside and, yes. like, lay them in the grass and, like, start <laughs> performing CPR on them. Uh, oh. and, it, and it's just, like, wow. I, this is CPR for your soul, man. <laughs> it's for your soul, man. I got to blow your butt, but it's all part of it. Uh yeah, it's just depressing. And then I'm like, well, at least I got a fucking steady job and stuff like that. But and then you know you start counting the you know, the the special things about your life as limited as you might find some of the elements of it sometimes. Yes. There are
1: far darker caves than Man, these. I, I I deal with those people regularly because yeah. of my real estate oh, career. Yeah. And yeah, banks. People in banks too. <clears throat> I have to call somebody at the courthouse and say, Hey, I need to know what flood zone this is in. And there's a guy at the courthouse and all he does <laughs> is generate reports from his little 1950s, aluminum,
0: turn on steel the top
1: desk. Um, Reports about flood zones. The flood zone controller, probably. Yes. Like, give me a tax parcel number. i put it in the computer. I look. It says it's in flood zone VE. That's in flood zone VE. Okay. Thank you. Please kill me. Yes. (laughs) And it's just like, oh my God. It makes you wonder, like... It's so crazy the difference in how people view occupations. Like Mm -hmm. my girlfriend does not see how I could do real estate because I never know when my my next paycheck is going to be. But for me, real estate is like as straight laced a job as one could ever possibly imagine (laughs) to have. Like I go to work. I have a desk. I look at a computer. I meet with people. We go to the conference room. I fill out contracts. Like that is as straight laced as my mind could possibly handle without <laughs> killing me of an aneurysm immediately before my first cigarette break. And so it's just funny that to her, real estate is, is as wild and crazy and wild west living life on the edge as a job could possibly be Mm -hmm. and for me it's the most conservative yeah this is lame duck straight laced job anybody could ever imagine sitting through
0: and on the other end of the spectrum if you look at her job working at a bank you would be the oh i would blow my brains out yeah possibly yes
1: But that's the thing is like, I enjoy real estate, but it's because I can, you know, see the different parts of the job. Right. You know, like I can get out, I show people different houses, I see different houses, I enjoy the architecture, I get in old houses, Mm -hmm. you know, I learn a lot, it's decent money some of the time, you know.
0: Well, I think we have that from our our wayward youth of, of being carnies having all these kind of odd jobs that fit into some overreaching goal. Yes. You know, whether it's entertaining people, you know, you might be fixing the lights or doing this or doing that, but it's all part of the show. As a real estate agent, you might be cleaning up a house or doing this or behind a desk for half a day, but you know that the next half of the day, you're going to be out driving around, banging around. Yes. You're not looking at the same seam in the wall. Right. Wondering if your life slipped through it. You yeah. know yeah, I I respect that too. And that's probably why I can't hold consistent employment anywhere for longer than like 8 months because right. I just start chewing the walls apart and yes.
1: somebody fires
0: me. Right. You now.
1: Well, you're at you're least paying. you know. Like <clears throat> that, that I'll I'll give you that credit. Yeah, you not great at holding down a job. Thanks. But I give you full credit in knowing that you know, th- th- these are where my right. insufficiencies lie. I, I own it to some yes. degree. If I was just like, man, fuck
0: those guys! Yeah, they exactly. fired me because you're assholes! Yeah. It's like, no. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I kind of probably made that it for in.
1: myself. I kind of phoned it yeah. in that last two months. Yeah. But, you know.
0: <sighs> beautiful.
1: It's the nature of the beast. It is so, beautiful. folks i didn't mean to cut
0: you off. You look like you're going to be awesome. It is the nature yeah. of the beast. I was going to say go out and free a bureaucrat or uh, shoot them in it the face. Something like that. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Well, folks, uh, next week uh, we will be spoiling the hell out of episode one of
1: season three of Game of Thrones because we will both have seen it by then. You can bet your bottom biscuit on that. That is true. And the following Saturday, we're even going to get together and watch the last two episodes of this season.
0: That's right. So. That's right. If not this Saturday. So, you'll get games. the
1: first episode of this season and then the last two episodes of last season in reverse chronological order. Then we can just verify if they've kept everything consistent. So,
0: booyah. On the thread.
1: Uh.
0: And on those two notes. <laughs> we will see you later, folks. it has been episode 63 of the Nerd Aristocracy Podcast.
1: Later! I'm a nerd, and I'm uh, pretty proud of it.